Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today in nearly every business category from fast food to executive professionals, workers are in short supply and are commanding premium pay and benefits. Do you know what you're really worth? Also this morning in our community spotlight with October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, Open Arms is introducing new ways to connect with professionals who can help individuals escape toxic and abusive relationships. We get our high school football preview after a big win over previously undefeated arch-rival Fremont Ross. The Findlay Trojans set their sights on the St. Francis Knights in Week 7 and get ready for another collection of tasty, easy-to-make breakfast recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, October 1st, 2021. Today, by the way, is CD Player Day. Do you still have a CD player at home? I I think we've got a CD player. I don't know if we've actually got it connected to anything. <laughs> still have it sitting by the uh, sitting by the stereo, but I don't think it. I disconnected my CD player when I plugged back in my turntable a uh, couple of years back, and I don't think I've used the CD player since. Haven't missed it, but I. Sure did miss my turntable. Anyway, uh, CD player day today. It is homemade cookie day and world vegetarian day. So I don't know. Can vegetarians have cookies? I guess it would depend on the type of cookies, perhaps. Uh, International coffee day. Yesterday was national coffee day. Today is international coffee day. So you'll note the difference. It is the international day of older persons. International music day which I'm guessing is probably not a coincidence that it falls on CD player day. They are probably related, I would guess. And uh, International Raccoon Appreciation Day. (laughs) All righty then. It is also Less Than Perfect Day, which is perfect for this show, I think. That's... Sometimes we are less than perfect, but we will try and muddle through. So here is your question of the day. Today is the first day of the new month, and we actually borrowed our question of the day from uh, the online bulletin board Reddit, where someone posted a thread yesterday asking, what is your favorite thing about October? And I thought some of the responses were kind of interesting, so we would throw this out there for you this morning and see what your thoughts are. What is your favorite thing about the month of October? You can go to our Facebook page and sound off, weigh in on this. Some of the uh, Reddit answers yesterday uh, included the obvious Halloween, uh, looking forward to the fun holidays to come. Not only Halloween, but then Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, all of these things right around the corner start to build the anticipation. So that was pretty possible, uh, pretty popular. Um, so somebody mentioned on Reddit, the mosquitoes have died. Well, I don't know about that. I was out yesterday and mosquitoes were, were getting me pretty good. So I don't know that the skeeters have all died quite yet. Bonfires, one of the uh, more popular things about October Somebody posted this, and I thought it was uh, very good. Zombie movies seem to hit differently this time of year. (laughs) Uh, Playoff baseball. Um, The leaves. Obviously, the changing of the leaves. That's a big popular thing. And hot apple cider. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, Along with the leaves, the smell of burning leaves. Very popular. I love that. Really, all of the smells 
the cool air just smells different, as somebody pointed out. Uh, playoff baseball, did I mention that? Uh, and it is officially hoodie season. So uh, some of the uh, popular answers. Throw that out for you this morning. Our question of the day on Facebook. What is your favorite thing about the month of October? So uh, let's see here. This is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, yesterday, you know that the holiday travel season is right around the corner. We'll talk about the holidays coming up. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and so on. And, uh, of course, if you are traveling for the holiday season, the federal mask mandate still is in place on public transportation, which includes airports and airplanes. So you still have to uh, wear masks. And a lot of folks are getting tired of that. Well, Senator Dianne Feinstein uh, introduced legislation earlier this week that would, um, I guess... This would eliminate the mask mandate. It would impose a COVID-19 vaccination or a negative COVID test or documentation that you have fully recovered from COVID to take a domestic flight. Uh, this comes after Democratic Representative Don Beyer introduced similar legislation earlier this month that would require proof of vaccination or a negative test for flights uh, for flights or for travelers on Amtrak. Senator Feinstein noted that the U.S. already requires those flying into the country to show a negative test. And starting next month, as restrictions on travel from 33 countries end, a vaccine and negative test will be required. So for international flights, there it is. she wants to extend that to domestic flights. The airlines, however, are opposed to this idea, saying it would be logistically impractical and incredibly cumbersome. Well, when has that stopped anyone in Congress, particularly anyone on the left? But uh, anyway, we'll see where that goes just in time for the holiday season, holiday travel season. By the way, speaking of politics, we're not the only ones in this country that have uh, interesting incidents happen in politics. Yesterday, the Prime Minister of Greece, uh, Kyriakos Mistotakis, I think is how you pronounce it, uh, was holding a press conference expressing support for Slovakia's efforts to join the European Union, and his dog, Peanut, could be heard barking loudly just a few feet away <laughs> as the press conference was going on. <laughs> It was being held at the prime minister's official residence, and he adopted a dog not too long ago. And he uh, turned to the uh, head of Slovakia, who was it was a joint press conference with the head of Slovakia, and, and apologized, uh, saying, that's the dog we recently adopted, who is often quite lively. <laughs> it was a loud dog. I saw the video. Uh, the Associated Press posted it online. It was a uh, it's pretty loud dog. The dog's name is Peanut, but I don't know how small this dog can possibly be. Maybe it's an ironic kind of name because this sounded like a large dog. Um, uh, Prime Minister uh, Mr. Takas uh, added, this is the first time he has intervened during a press conference. Usually he just greets guests at the door and is more polite. <laughs> so some light moments there uh, in in Greece. Uh, funny video, though. If you uh, haven't seen it, you can check that out online for your morning chuckle. This is kind of interesting. As uh, things uh, open up, this is one of the more uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories uh, worth knowing first thing this morning. When was the last time you had a 
in-depth conversation with a stranger. Usually, if you uh, see a stranger, maybe you're shopping, you're in the checkout line at the store. Um, I guess if you're a place where in a place where they have public transportation on a bus or something like that, you might sit down uh, next to a stranger or at the airport where you're waiting for a flight. Uh, usually, if anything, you make a small talk. Well, maybe you should get into more in-depth topics when you strike up a conversation with a stranger. Researchers at the University of Chicago found that people overestimate the awkwardness of deeper conversations and underestimate their enjoyment. Uh, researcher Nicholas Epley says if people could get past these myths, misconceptions, they could form more meaningful connections with others. And don't we need to do more of that? These days, how many times do we talk to you know, on the program about, you know, uh, breaking down barriers with other people who may think differently or have different life experiences than our own makes us a more well-rounded person and so on. Here's a perfect example of how to do that. It says, as the pandemic wanes and we all get back to talking with each other again, being aware that others also like meaningful conversation might lead you to spend less time in small talk and have more pleasant interactions as a result. So something to think about. And along those lines, I saw this, which I thought was really fascinating. It's a great idea in the Netherlands. One large supermarket chain is making sure that their customers, particularly Older customers don't get too lonely uh, in their elder years. The Dutch government, with its campaign One Against Loneliness, has galvanized organizations, towns, companies, and individuals to find solutions to loneliness and isolation for the elderly. But I think, based on what we were just talking about with conversations with strangers, this could benefit everyone. The uh, grocery giant Jumbo in the Netherlands, is chain in the Netherlands, has uh, come up with an innovative plan called Chatty Checkouts. The idea originated a couple of years ago, and in the summer of 2019, the first Chatty Checkout was opened at one of their stores that res resulted in many positive reactions from their customers. And now, the chain is expanding the initiative further. By this time next year, there will be Chatty Checkouts in 200 of their stores across the country where people can go for a conversation. Now, I don't know how they specifically encourage people to chat with each other at the checkout line, but they're encouraging, maybe maybe it's by slowing down the process. <laughs> so uh, you're standing in the checkout line longer, you're more likely to strike up a conversation with someone, and the chatty checkout has been very popular, especially with uh, the older set in the Netherlands, and about 1.3 million people in the Netherlands are older than 75 years. So it is a serious thing for the elder population in the Netherlands. But if the idea is that we should have more meaningful conversations with strangers, maybe this is something we can all do. I don't Kind of an interesting idea. There you go. Some of the most uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your TGI Friday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast, mostly sunny again today with a high around 80, mostly clear tonight with a low in the mid-50s. The Finley Fire Department responded to a fire at Dollar Tree on Tiffin Avenue. Battalion Chief Matt Cooper says the first firefighters on the scene saw heavy fire and smoke coming from the northwest portion of the building. 
Once they made entry, they realized it was the storage area that was on fire. Our guys uh, applied water, got a quick knockdown of it. it looks like we uh, were able to stop it and contain it to that storage area, and it didn't really get into the retail area at all. He says everybody had been evacuated from the store when firefighters arrived, and no civilians or firefighters were injured. The cause of the fire is under investigation. You can see some video from the scene on our website. A legislative proposal at the Ohio State House would ban abortions in Ohio under nearly all conditions should the U.S. Supreme Court find abortion unconstitutional. The only exceptions would be if a doctor determined the abortion was needed to save a pregnant woman's life or protect her from serious harm. Because it would kick in after a Supreme Court action, this kind of bill is known as an abortion trigger bill. Ten other states have similar laws in effect. Angela Ann, Ona News. People had a chance to take a shelter dog for a walk to see if they made a connection during the Humane Society and SPCA of Hancock County's Wags and Walks event. The Humane Society's Natalie Reffitt says events like these are very beneficial. They help with um, <laughs> they help the animals kind of spread the word that animals are looking for home. And she said it also helps the dogs with their social skills by getting to be around other dogs and going for a walk with a new person. We have video from the event on our website as well as a link where you can see what animals are currently up for adoption. Blanchard Valley Health System is celebrating the completion of their new inpatient and community pharmacy. BVHS says the pharmacy and Center for Medication Management were moved to a more convenient location within the hospital on the main floor next to the Healing Grounds coffee shop. Anyone can have their prescription filled at the new pharmacy as it is open to the public. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, you know, we have seen it play out in nearly every business category from fast food to executive professionals. Workers to fill those roles have been in short supply and as a result are commanding premium pay and benefits. The global talent solutions firm Robert Half is out with their 2022 salary guide this week featuring projected starting salary ranges and employment trends across a wide range of professions and career and workplace expert Diane Domeyer joins us this morning with more. Diane, what were some of the key takeaways from this year's salary guide? What uh, stood stood out for you? Chris, it's a very exciting time. There's great insights into the 2022 salary guide, both for job seekers as well as employers. And the first is that we've been talking about this for some time, but there is in certain professions a war for talent and the unemployment rate being as low as it is and the quit rate as high as it is mm-hmm. means that employers need to be really competitive in what they're offering to retain and attract top talent. So it has driven compensation. Uh, as it relates to salaries, while we expected them to remain flat in 2021, they are projected in 2022 to go up 3.8% um, and even more for certain professions. Um, But the other thing that we're seeing, which is quite exciting, which we hadn't seen as much of previously, is almost half of employers said that they would be offering signing bonuses. Hmm. So it's it's good news for job seekers. And uh, frankly, employers need to be concerned about retaining their top talent. Well, I I was going to ask, how did the the pandemic 
change. And it seems like that's really what has brought on uh, many of these changes. How did the pandemic change the attitudes about what workers want? What is the, the biggest change you see pre-pandemic versus now? So we know the pandemic changed nearly everything, but it absolutely changed employees' expectations. The opportunity that many had to work from home provided not only flexibility, but in many ways lifted the veil on the human condition and interactions between employee and employer became far more authentic. Um, Additionally, companies had to offer and enhance their programs for wellness, and family support, and we're allowing many of their employees to even work remotely outside of their current geography. The bottom line is many employees don't want to go back. (laughs) And so even as we come out on the other side of the pandemic, employers need to be prepared to determine, are they paying competitively? What is their culture and what is their flexibility if they want to retain their employees? I want to go back and underscore the word that you used, expectations, because uh, it seems as if uh, these are more than just wants. I mean, we always want more money or more benefits or, or what have you, but it seems that these things have been become greater expectations among today's workforce, and that is a key distinction, I think. Absolutely. And the options are there for certain professions Mm -hmm. to explore if those uh, needs aren't met. And, um, you know, as an example, one out of three employees say that if they're required to go into the office, they will look for a new opportunity by the end of the year. Um, And those opportunities to explore careers and professions where they could work you know, live in Toledo and work in another city has basically opened the number of opportunities for employees. So they have more options. Now, it seems that many experts are split on whether everything we've seen in the immediate post-pandemic economy, from inflation to the labor shortage, is transitory or a more permanent shift. When it comes to workers and these attitudes about their jobs and the ways in which they are compensated, their benefits, and, and so on, is this a lasting trend? Can you get a sense of whether this is a lasting trend or uh, is this something that is, like other things, possibly transitory? We believe many of these trends are a permanent uh, change. And as a matter of fact, even pre-pandemic, there was greater demand placed on expanding talent pools by thinking beyond your current geography or offering importance of flexibility, the pandemic at the end of the day just accelerated all of that. Uh, So we anticipate that that will be longstanding and a permanent change, which is actually good news for both the employee and the employer in the sense that uh, talent pools have been opened and, and, and you can think differently about the way you hire and the programs you, you offer your existing employees. So speaking to those employers, what do they need to do then to attract and retain top talent? Well, it starts with compensation and benefits, right? So pay and benefits, making sure that you're competitive, using our salary guide as a resource or other online tools. That's the ante into the game, right? It starts there. But given employees want far more than compensation, if you want to up the table stakes, 
you need to consider what are your programs for flexibility, for remote work, do you have competitive wellness programs, but also what are you doing in employee engagement, um, whether it be employee resource groups, promoting social responsibility, uh, diversity and inclusion programs. So organizational culture is really, really important. But then finally, changing your hiring practices to, number one, broaden your search beyond your current geography, mm-hmm. being flexible maybe on your parameters, and then given the war for talent, when you find someone that's a fit for your organization, you absolutely must move fast. We are seeing candidates that are exploring opportunities that are getting multiple offers and can, in some cases a counter offer. So there's competition and you need to move quickly. And if you need help in that process, absolutely work with a specialized recruiter who can broaden your search and also help you to expedite the hiring process. And for job seekers, how do they uh, negotiate for uh, some of these benefits that they uh, want and 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 expect. I mean, uh, again, some of this is probably going to be in the initial offer. Some of it you have to ask for. So, what can job seekers do to negotiate those uh, benefits or or those perks that that they want or that they expect? Yeah, Chris. Nearly half of employees feel that they're underpaid, and so they would feel that they should negotiate higher comp, yet many people are uncomfortable with it. So here are my tips. Number one, do your research and know your worth. Uh, Resources like the salary guide can help with that. I can't tell you the number of times over the years where people have said they've utilized that data to help them negotiate higher compensation. So know your worth. And then second of all, make sure you prepare a business case. Not just because this is what the market bears, do you deserve that? Mm -hmm. But it needs to be based on what are your unique contributions and your unique accomplishments, even with your existing employer. Never assume that your career milestones have been committed to memory by your supervisor or employer. You need to be able to articulate the value to your organization. And it's worth it because employers far prefer to retain existing top talent versus going through the cost of replacing talent. So make your business case and then, you know, practice it, call in a resource, whether it be a mentor or um, someone that you trust, an industry expert that you can practice how you're going to negotiate your compensation. You can also utilize a recruiter to give you that feedback uh, to make sure that you are positioning yourself to maximize your income. Being your own best advocate is always good advice, regardless of the changes in the overall job market. And that is uh, certainly still true. Career and workplace expert Diane Domeyer of Robert Half with their 2022 salary guide. Where do folks learn more? You can find it at roberthalf.com. You'll see the salary guide. You'll see it by profession. Uh, and you can utilize a salary calculator there. So you'll see these trends and salary trend, salary uh, numbers and professions in that salary guide. Interesting reading. Diane, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. 
Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight. Roseanne Thornton is with us from uh, Open Arms Domestic Violence and Rape Crisis Services because the month of October now is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And you are doing a lot of things uh, to help raise awareness of the fact that this is an issue that touches our community just like every other community across the country. Yes. Good morning, Chris. Um, Yes, it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And domestic violence, it does exist everywhere, especially here in Hancock County. Uh, Last year, we provided services to over 7,000 individuals. So the need is right there with us. And so anybody who needs our services, domestic violence or sexual assault, we are here to provide those services. And throughout the month, folks are going to uh, see that message over and over again, because I know you're getting out to uh, like local coffee shops and, you know, other places uh, to, again, drive that message home. Yeah, everyone, you know, it's October. Everyone loves that fall drink. Absolutely. And what better way? Pumpkin spice everything. Pumpkin spice everything. (laughs) And so what better way to, um, you know, spread the word that Mm about Domestic Violence Awareness Month and you know that we are here for our community. Um, Then when you go to your local coffee shop, we will have um, a list of who's going to be participating with us on our social media and website. Um, And it's just an opportunity to let you know that it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. If you or somebody you know needs help, maybe, you know, this is a great opportunity. If you know a friend, if you're worried about a friend, a great opportunity to grab a cup of coffee for them with our coffee sleeve that we'll have special. And, you know, just to talk to them and say, hey, here's their services if you need it. And for those who reach out to get help, the big news is that you are launching a new way to connect to those who may need help in escaping an abusive relationship. Correct. Along with our uh, 24-hour crisis hotline, which we always have at 419-422-4766, we are now proudly offering a text and chat service. Okay. Um, So, you know, for anyone uh, who feels that you know, they feel comfortable, you know, just by texting or chatting online. As opposed to picking up the as, phone and As calling. opposed to picking online. Right. Maybe sometimes, you know, that abuser is nearby and you just can't call and A speak. more discreet way of, of uh, reaching out for help Correct. or something that is uh, maybe easier for folks. Now, the text messaging number is different than the crisis hotline number. Correct. So the text number... Um, which you can find on our social media and also on our website. It's 419-909-3337. And again, um, that's available Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And along with our text service, we also have our chat, which you can go to our website. It's openarmsfinley.com slash help. Um, and you can chat directly with an open arms advocate, and that's available Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. as well. And then, of course, uh, to reiterate, the phone number, the crisis hotline number is 24-7. The crisis hotline number 24-7. Again, that number is 419-422-4766. And all this information, again, you'll find it on our Facebook, Instagram pages, on our website. So we will make sure... Uh, Everyone knows those numbers. And as we are highlighting Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I can hear some people say, well, this doesn't really uh, affect me. I am not in an abusive relationship. I I have not been the victim of sexual violence. But we really want to emphasize, as you were saying earlier, reaching out to those you may know who may be in that situation. 
Yes. Um, you know, it, it is just kind of being a support system for that person. You know, whatever option, you know, someone might be going through, mm-hmm. it's knowing that you're there for them. It's about listening, really listening and supporting them, you know, that just reiterating that um, that you're there for them and can help them in any way. Um, you know, Because they so often victims feel alone. They do feel alone and, and they feel like they can't really talk about this because mm-hmm. it's very uncomfortable and right. what other people might think. So, you know, we always say support them in whatever decision, knowing that you are always there for them. Because they might be more willing to open up to a friend even than even than your organization, even than calling the crisis hotline or texting or chatting with a professional. The first uh, outreach, the first reach out for help that they may be extending is to uh, someone they know exactly and so just saying that you know you're there for them provide support let them know about open arms and what we provide you know always encourage safety you know and Mm -hmm. also medical um safety as well right um so just always be in that encouragement that support system and for the rest of us uh, a very important reminder that it can literally be anyone it can be anyone. Anyone goes through domestic violence and sexual assault, no matter what background, religion, race, right. um, male, Income female. Level, yeah, all of that. We are there to support anyone who will be going through domestic violence or sexual assault. It is truly a problem that crosses all lines. And again, the 24-hour crisis hotline is available, uh, as has always been the case. But now you also can uh, text or chat for help. And how do we get those resources? Um, our 24-hour crisis hotline, it's 419-422-4766. Our text number is 419-909-3337. And our chat, it's on our website, openarmsfinley.com slash help. Roseanne, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement paid for by the featured sponsor. Time now for our weekly high school football preview. Your Friday night coming up. Could not have asked for a better outcome for homecoming at Findlay High School last week than a big win over your arch rival. After knocking Fremont Ross from the ranks of the unbeaten, the Trojans' attention now turns this week to the Knights of St. Francis. This week on the Coach's Corner, our John Marshall caught up with head coach Stefan Adams. Congratulations on a homecoming win against a big rival. Thank you. Yep, it was a great game. Uh, a lot of credit to our, our coaches and our players for how we responded. We all looked at ourselves in the mirror, made some tweaks and some changes, and it's a beautiful thing when you have those hard conversations and you have those tweaks and changes and you're looking at how to get things right and you're losing sleep over it, and you see the end result come out to be what it was on Friday. So uh, definitely credit to all parties involved. And in terms of offense, the, you, you had things clicking on several fronts. Yep. Uh, again, you always have to start up front and say the young men who are making those blocks. Yeah, uh, both our big guys held up well. We had, you know, we had some movement. Had a young guy who's had to step in, and he's playing, you know, well from playing on Saturdays to playing big time minutes on a Friday night in front of a ridiculously amazing, awesome crowd. Uh, and uh, they did their job. They we, we came in the game with a game plan. We were going to be a little aggressive on the, in the air, and they held up well. They picked up the pass protections from the week. Uh, they knew what to expect, and they, they got the job done. So big credit goes to the guys on the offense side of the ball. And on the defense side of the ball, we didn't make it very, very comfortable 
and we tried not to make it as comfortable for their quarterback, who was a very, very good quarterback and very talented young man. Uh, our guys did a good job of trying to get home and keep him in, don't let him get outside because he can run, keep him in the pocket and try to collapse the pocket. So good job on both sides, O-line and D-line. And uh, you're your uh, special teams it yeah. seems as though they are really starting to come around yeah we we, we want to be you know my, my whole thing is you know we have you know philosophy that's you know own the ball no penalties uh and we are pretty clean as far as that's concerned we've been that way for the last couple games as far as special teams goes and we're just trying to be aggressive we don't want uh and i've been a part of programs where special teams was looked at like you know well, okay we go out there and just you know go out there and do it uh we want to make you know each team be buckled up each play, uh, whether it's kickoff, kick return. Uh, you know, if it's you know they score, a, they score an extra point field goal. We want to block. It. I mean, we're being aggressive and we're getting real close to recovering some on a, on a kickoff. So excited about that. That's fantastic. Now your Trojans, three yep. and three. Yep. Your opponent this week, Toledo St. Francis, three and three. Both one and two in the conference. Mm-hmm. This would appear to be a pretty close matchup. They have three wins, but two of those by a touchdown or less, and they lost a three-point decision to Ross, a team that you beat by 20. So how do you think you match up compared to the Knights? Yeah, well, we, we don't want to look at it from that standpoint. From you know, We, we want to keep in mind that it's a, a team that I think is very similar you know, uh, in first-year head coach, um, trying to find an identity for your group and, and what, what works well with them. Um, they started off the year doing some different things, using the quarterback to run, being a little more physical in the run game. And then the last couple of games, they've opened it up, right? Uh, sound a little familiar. <laughs> so they have a receiver right now. It's had, what, 11 touchdowns, um, call a lot of passes and making a lot of plays. So, you know, they're a dangerous team. They're gaining confidence. Uh, as time is going on, yes, we're, we're similar on paper record-wise. And I think also just kind of what we're trying to do from a program standpoint. So it's an evenly matched game. And, you know, I'm excited to see what our guys. Our guys are excited for opportunities on the back end if they're going to throw the ball around. To they practice against it all week long um, with our offense. So our guys are are feeling good about themselves uh, and excited to go out there and compete. You alluded to it. It does appear that their offense is kind of starting to hit its stride. St. Francis yep. has scored 30 plus in each of the last two weeks. Is there one key, or is it just a matter of okay, everybody on the defensive side just has to go out and do what they do? Yeah, we we we, you know, we have these bracelets we have on there, and you know my motto overall program wise is all in, and uh, a part of being all in is doing your job, right? Doing what you're called to do and doing it to the best of your ability. So I think last week that's what you saw. Uh, everybody had a chance to have a part in the offense, defense, and special teams. Everybody did their part. Everybody did their part and did their job as hard as they possibly can. If we do that, I feel like we, we, we can be pretty dangerous here uh, with this, this back-end stretch. Defensively, St. Francis has given up 30 or more in each of their three losses. Is jumping out in front early a key to the win this week? I think, uh, just, yes, on both sides of the ball, jumping out early, being aggressive and uh, making plays when the opportunities are there. Um, I like to say, you know, and we, we feel this way, like we want to be crisp on defense. We want to be able to make plays when the ball's in the air. want to be sound up front. Offensively, we want to be sharp, want to be crisp. And special teams, we don't want to let the field get flipped or create any momentum in a negative way, right? We want to create it in a positive way and be aggressive there. So, uh, yes, being sound overall, but, you know, I keep saying this. Our, our job is to tackle people on defense, and our job is to break tackles on offense and make plays. So, uh, looking forward to, to doing that. As of this morning, Finley High School has 24 students in quarantine, almost 150 currently undergoing contact tracing. Has that had any effect on the team to this point? Uh, you know, not a, not a major way at all. Uh, our guys have been pretty smart. Um, 
you know, we've tried to be very proactive in this whole thing and understanding uh, some precautionary measures, just being smart about what you're doing. Guys have felt good for the most part, and if somebody's not feeling well, they, they stay away. So um, we're, we're doing the right things. We're being smart about it. Kids are being smart about it. Now, aside from covid uh, how are you doing in terms of injuries? We're doing pretty well for the most part. Uh, you know, we right now are holding up, uh, you know, looking at Justin Roth. Want to get him back as soon as possible. Uh, senior, uh, kind of one of the spirit leaders of the team. One of our more competitive guys. So he's getting closer to getting back out there uh, for the most part. Other than that, I think our guys are pretty healthy. We, we try to practice smart. Uh, it's just for our guys to be able to see Friday nights. Um, obviously, you can't avoid everything. But, you know, our guys have been banged up. But we've also taken care of our bodies and, yeah, big credit to Avery Lane, who runs our strength conditioning program. Uh, our guys, you know, the typical after-day, after-game nagging injuries, but for the most part, they're holding up well at the moment. The 3-3 three and three Trojans host 3-3 three and three St. Francis this evening. Our coverage begins with tonight in high school football from the Ohio News Network right after the 6 o'clock news, followed by Tim Montgomery and Cliff Height with a call on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. Some of the other action we're following tonight around the area over on our sister station, 100.5 WKXA. The BBC Game of the Week has Arlington traveling to Macomb. Also, Riverdale is at Liberty Benton, Van Buren at Pandora Gilboa, Arcadia is at Corey Rawson, North Baltimore at Van Lu, Hardin Northern is at Upper Sandusky, or Upper Scioto Valley rather uh, this evening, Otsego at Fostoria, Eastwood at Elmwood. It's always a big rivalry. Carey at Upper Sandusky, Ada is at Spencerville, Lipsick is at Bluffton, Crestview travels to Columbus Grove, and over on 106.3 The Fox, Ottawa Glandorf is at Salina tonight. You can follow all of those games and more in real time on the WFIN scoreboard page, powered by ScoreStream and presented by Owens Community College at WFIN.com scoreboard, and it is linked up as well at goodmornings.net. And, of course, catch the Coach's Corner with John Marshall live from Ralphie's Wednesday evenings at 6 or anytime on demand at WFIN.com. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. No, we don't live in an area where there are a whole lot of uh, places with HOV lanes. Uh, but in big cities, if you ever drive in a big city, uh, a lot of them have uh, these special lanes on the highway where people who carpool can get in this lane and uh, the idea is to make traffic flow easier and encourage people to uh, carpool with uh, others to work or, or whatever. So when you have, they're called high occupancy vehicle lanes, HOV lanes. So you probably know all of this. But anyway, in uh, Houston, Texas, because the HOV lane uh, traffic usually uh, travels at a faster pace than the other lanes on the highway, people will tend to try and sneak into the HOV lane when they are alone in their car, which is illegal. You can be cited for this. In Houston, Texas, people come up with all kinds of ways. They have mannequins or blow-up dolls they'll put in the passenger seat to make it look like they've got someone else in the vehicle with them. Man in Houston, Texas, thought he could fool police by throwing a baseball cap on top of a plastic skeleton riding shotgun in his car. As he drove down the HOV lane, he even buckled his passenger in. 
Uh, unfortunately, skeletons kind of stick out, and police eventually took notice. Uh, Officer Ted Heap says the uh, man's attempt at making it look like he was carpooling didn't fool anyone. He was pulled over, noting HOV lanes are meant for cars uh, with two or more living people. Of course, police tapped into their funny bone when talking about the odd incident on social media, infusing a series of puns into their humorous announcement. Get it? Humorous? You see what I did there? Um, Bony Express, they called it. (laughs) We know Halloween's just around the corner. But when uh, Ted Heap's toll road deputies saw this vehicle in the HOV lanes outside of Houston, they had a feeling in their bones that something wasn't right. Deputies saw right through the ruse and issued the driver a bona fide citation. After the sternum lecture, deputies wished him bone voyage. (laughs) But at least he buckled, uh, at least he buckled him in, this guy. So he wasn't cited for a seatbelt violation on top of everything else, I guess. Speaking of travel and transportation, this is something more people maybe can relate to. If you've ever been on a flight uh, when you land and it takes forever to taxi to the gate, you know that it is annoying just waiting to exit the aircraft after it's landed. But it's just something you have to deal with. Uh, American Airlines Flight 920 from Cali, Colombia, had just landed in Miami Wednesday night when a passenger opened an emergency door and walked out onto the wing of the aircraft. Uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection took the man into custody without incident. American said in a statement, the customer was immediately detained by law enforcement. We thank our team members and law enforcement for their professionalism and quick action. The incident did not cause any delays, and the rest of the passengers on the flight were able to deboard without issue. Don't do that. Don't open an emergency door and wander out onto the wing. Will not go well for you. But who among us hasn't thought of doing that? You know, I've never been stuck on a plane. Speaking of airport travel, this is kind of uh, weird. You know, uh, people try and smuggle things uh, into the country. Uh, In all sorts of different ways, a man in India is in custody after being caught smuggling gold paste in his derriere. I kid you not. The uh, security force, the Central Industrial Security Force in India, says the man was at an airport heading to New Delhi when an officer noticed his odd movements. (laughs) Yeah, well, that'd do it. (laughs) You got some gold up your butt. That'll... That'll do it. A medical exam and x-ray found about two pounds of gold of his rectum, valued at about $56,000, if you want it. You know, I'm thinking having been there might have decreased its value somewhat. The uh, passenger... Excuse me, the uh, passenger apparently confessed to carrying the gold, but claimed it did not belong to him. (laughs) well that's even more disturbing if you would be carrying someone else's gold up your butt that authorities say this seems to be part of a smuggling trend in the area they have also caught two other people carrying gold in that same general area of their body over the course of the past year (laughs) but now they're on to them you might want to come up with another you know what i don't want to know what may be next i don't want to know and uh, speaking of that 
particular part of the anatomy. This is kind of weird. You know, while the COVID-19 virus is not a death sentence for most people, its long-term effects are still being examined. Some of those who have recovered from the virus have noted uh, lingering brain fog, fatigue, and some other ailments. But a case in Japan has left doctors scratching their heads and at least one patient scratching somewhere further south. They are calling it, are you ready for this? I'm not making this up, restless anal syndrome. According to an article, uh, a 77-year-old man who had been hospitalized for and recovered from COVID-19 began experiencing discomfort in that region. Uh, Not so much when he was active, but it got worse at night when he was resting. Doctors checked him out top to uh, bottom and discovered there was nothing else wrong with him before hypothesizing that it was somehow caused by the coronavirus. This apparently first-of-its-kind condition, they believe, is an offshoot of the twitching and uncomfortable condition known as restless leg syndrome, which usually affects people at night and disrupts their sleep. In the case of this patient, he was treated with an anti-seizure medication, and uh, that got to the uh, bottom of what was ailing him. But... So this is something we have to worry about now. Restless anal syndrome. Well, I'll tell you what, if that doesn't convince you to get the shot, (laughs) nothing else will. (laughs) Maybe you should market that as not a shot for COVID-19, but a shot to avoid restless anal syndrome. That would get people's attention. There you go. Uh, That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less. Of Hancock County Veterans Services, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN Radio News. We keep you in the know with the events of our community that affect you and your family. Whenever it happens, you can count on us to fill you in with the information you need. We'll also keep you up to date with all the latest from around the Buckeye State with the help of the Ohio News Network. And we cover the nation and the world with the resources of ABC News. The information you need around the clock from your news authority. 1330. WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com, and now at 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Uh, Millions of people working at home these days, and one uh, co-worker, the ever-present co-worker that they are doing their work with, their work-issued computer, let's just say it is not a happy team. A new poll of 2,000 American workers who uh, do business at home more than half say their work issued devices are awful to work on and two-thirds say that they have contemplated throwing them out the window (laughs) now despite this um a lot of folks are are happier with their post-pandemic working conditions instead of being tied to their cubicles at work 59 percent of the polls say they are more productive when they are more comfortable and they're more comfortable at home than at the office 88% say they have a desk at home, a dedicated desk where they do their work. But just 56% say they only sit at it for work calls. Instead, 13% choose to work from their bedroom. 6% say they work from their kitchen. 4% log on from their vehicle. And this was kind of interesting. Most respondents say they spend an average of just 32 minutes in the spot where they start their workday, before moving someplace else when they're working at home. 
And uh, maybe it's not surprising that some of those polled say they have taken remote working to the extreme. Some of the other locations where uh, they're getting work done, the golf course, supposedly, and actually even more commonly, the bathroom. (laughs) I don't know what that says about us and about technology, but there you go. And now, once again, as we always do to finish up the week, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio with another collection of easy-to-make-and-tasty breakfast recipes yes, today. Breakfast. We're doing we're doing breakfast. We're doing breakfast. Uh, once again, we've done that in the past. Yeah, but, uh, not very is, often. Yeah, but this but, is uh, you know kind yeah. of revisiting. We've got some great uh, yep. breakfast recipes. None of them uh, involve bacon, do they, or do they? Uh, do they have uh, bacon in them? Not, I mean, you can if you uh, want. This is I mean, yeah. The English muffin one has bacon. I saw I saw this on the uh, newswire. Uh, bacon is more is now more expensive than it has been at any point in the past forty years. Yeah, it's not cheap. Forty years you since know? bacon has been this expensive. Yeah. Uh, the uh, hankering for. Bacon is costing you about 7% more than 12 months ago. The average price for that slab of bacon to accompany the Sunday morning spread has jumped nearly, well, pork chops have gone up 7%. Wow. So it's uh, everything pork. But bacon has jumped nearly 28% over the past 12 months. Wow. So 7% for pork chops, but 28% Mm -hmm. for bacon. Yep. This is uh, data from the Inflation Adjusted Consumer Price Index. Yeah. Um, so, wow. 28%. What we have to do to get our bacon. Get our bacon fix. <laughs> we're, we're still buying it, though. Yeah, we we're are. We're still buying it. Thank goodness it's just the two of us and so, not four of us anymore because <laughs> exactly. the boys really went through the bacon. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we, don't, uh, we don't go through a slab of bacon quite so quickly. No. Anyway, so... Um, Just be prepared to shell out a little bit more for uh, your breakfast meat. Anyway, uh, so breakfast recipes from Kyra's Kitchen this morning. We begin with English muffin breakfast pizza. Yes, so you take four English muffins, cut them in half, Mm -hmm. uh, six eggs, two tablespoons of milk, salt and pepper, four strips of bacon cooked and chopped, one cup of shredded cheese, and a half a cup of Alfredo sauce. Okay. Um, so preheat your oven to 400 degrees, half your English muffins with a with a fork or a knife, place them on a baking sheet in the oven uh, to allow the English muffin, muffins to crisp slightly while the eggs are cooking. So for about eight minutes. Okay. And put them in, your, in the oven. All right. Um, in a bowl, beat your six eggs, two tablespoons of milk, add your salt and pepper for taste, scramble uh, scramble the eggs uh, in a large skillet over medium heat until uh, done. Uh, then add in your chopped bacon. Take your English muffins out of the oven and spread one tablespoon of Alfredo on each. So that's kind of your pizza sauce. Okay. Is your Alfredo sauce. Gotcha. Then evenly distribute the egg mixture on each of the halves. Then top with your shredded cheese and bake in the oven at 400 degrees for about 15 minutes or until the top is golden brown. Mmm. That does sound yummy. Yeah. that's We're going to have to do that this weekend. Yes. <laughs> uh, to go along with the uh, English muffin breakfast pizza, a recipe for skillet fried potatoes. Yes. I love my skillet fried potatoes. 
Cruz. And for this, I I usually, I love my electric wok, but for this, I use my iron skillet. <laughs> iron skillet is a good, yes. yeah. So three tablespoons of vegetable oil, one onion chopped, one red bell pepper chopped, six medium red skin potatoes cut into half inch pieces, um, smaller if you want to get it done quicker. Uh, a half a teaspoon of garlic powder, one teaspoon of ground uh, paprika, one teaspoon of salt um, or to taste, and your pepper to taste. So heat the vegetable oil in your large, heavy, uh, uh, non-stick skillet. I use my iron skillet over mm-hmm. medium heat. Add the sliced onions, saute until the onions are tender and translucent. Then add your red bell peppers, cook for a minute longer. Then add in your, your potatoes your and your seasoning. Uh, cover the pan and cook for about 10 to 15 minutes. Again, a little bit less if you've diced them Correct. finer yes. than that. If you've okay. made them finer, then you're probably closer to the 10 minutes than the 15 minutes. Okay. Um, until the potatoes are just tender. You can use a fork to kind of put in. Mm-hmm. And if it slides in real easy, then you know that, you're, right. that your potatoes are done. Right. Uh, uncover and increase the heat to medium. Continue cooking for about 8 to 10 minutes. Uh, occasionally turning until the potatoes are golden brown all around and taste and adjust with your seasoning and add more salt if you need. Okay. Really simple, yep. uh, actually. Really easy, but yummy. Yeah. And the aroma is to die for. <laughs> uh, and I would imagine that in the English muffin breakfast pizza yeah. cooking, yep. that'll get you hungry. Yep. Uh, and then also... What is breakfast without donuts? You have cinnamon donut muffins, yeah. which this is great because donuts are not always the easiest thing to make. Right. But anyone can make muffins. Oh, yeah. So you've got yep. cinnamon donut muffins. Yep. How do we do it? So one and a half sticks of butter softened, uh, one cup of sugar, two eggs, three cups of all-purpose flour, three teaspoons of baking powder, a quarter teaspoon of salt, a half a teaspoon of ground nutmeg, one and a half cups of milk or butter milk, um, one teaspoon of vanilla extract. Um, the other thing you can do is if you want buttermilk, but you don't have buttermilk, if you have vinegar, you can put a little bit of vinegar in and make buttermilk that way. Oh, okay. So make right. your, um, then one teaspoon of vanilla extract, and then you're going to have a dip for your muffins because they're, you know, that's what you do with donuts. <laughs> so okay. uh, one stick of butter melted, one cup of sugar, and one tablespoon of ground cinnamon. Okay. So preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Uh, using your mixer, cream the butter and the sugar, add your egg and continue mixing, then add your remaining remaining ingredients and mix until you have a smooth batter. Then spray your muffin pans and fill each cup three-fourths full, um, baking at 35 for 35 minutes or until golden brown. Now, you're using like the full-size muffin you, you can do either. Band, if you want to do bigger like the, ones, like yeah. Like the mini muffins? Yeah, you can do the you... mini muffins or you can do the regular muffins. Okay. I mean, you're just going to have less if you do the regular muffin. Well, right. you'll, you'll have the same yeah. amount. You'll just have bigger muffins. Right. Um, well, they're more bite-sized if you have the uh, smaller mini muffins. Mini ones, so, right. And you're no, going to get more muffins. So right, you're going to have more obviously. muffins. Yeah. So, so Okay. Um, so, but everything else is the same. You're cooking it for the same yeah. amount of time and yeah. all of that? You, with your, if you do the bigger muffins, you might be cooking it a little bit longer. Longer. On the I mean, longer test it side, with your same thing with the potatoes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Right. So remove and let cool. Uh, make it makes about eighteen muffins, depending on the size you make them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for your dip, melt the butter in one bowl, then in another bowl, mix your cinnamon sugar. 
And then when the muffins are cool enough, dip your, you're going to dip your muffin in your butter, and then you're going to dip your muffin in your cinnamon sugar mixture for your topping. There you go. Yes. Uh, thus, the cinnamon yes. donut muffins. Yes. Good and stuff. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy. Uh, absolutely. You don't have to tell people to enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Because they're going to enjoy. Yes. They're going to enjoy. <laughs> uh, the English muffin breakfast pizza, the skillet fried potatoes, and the cinnamon donut muffins. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> I know what we're having tomorrow morning for breakfast. There you go. Uh, we've got those posted, uh, those recipes posted on our Facebook page and also linked up at goodmornings.net. My wife, Kyra, with her collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen this morning. Kai, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish off our podcast for today and close out the week. want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the program, Big Tech, Artificial Intelligence, and Your Kids' Education. How do those three things make you feel? Until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.